The Arkansas courts decided three criminal law cases this week, the first by the Arkansas Supreme Court. In Gay v. State, 2022, Arc 23, the Arkansas Supreme Court affirmed the Garland County Circuit Court's denial of post-conviction relief in a capital murder case. This opinion, written by Justice Baker, addresses many allegations as to why trial counsel was allegedly ineffective and rejected all of them. The decision is cited for knowledge of its existence. End of decision. In Britt v. State, 2022, ARC App 58, the Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed and remanded from a denial of a petition for post-conviction relief. There was an earlier rape conviction that had been affirmed. Judge Verdon explained, After our mandate was issued in March 2019, Britt timely filed a Rule 37 petition in May alleging that he had received ineffective assistance because trial counsel failed to make a proper Daubert challenge, failed to effectively cross-examine Butler, and failed to hire a DNA expert to testify at trial for the defense. In the petition and a separate motion, Britt requested an additional 120 days to amend the petition because recently retained counsel had not had adequate time to prepare. The trial court granted the motion. On September 14, two days before the amended petition was due, Britt filed another motion to amend in which he sought an additional 90 days because his family was attempting to obtain funds to hire a DNA expert to conduct an independent review of the case. The trial court denied that motion, stating that it could not extend the time because of jurisdictional constraints. On September 26, Britt filed his amended petition within 120 days, adding claims that trial counsel had ineffectively cross-examined John Cox and G.B. and had failed to present additional character witnesses during the sentencing phase. In late November 2019, the trial court scheduled an oral argument on Britt's Rule 37 petition for January 14, 2020, to determine whether an evidentiary hearing would be necessary. One week before the oral argument, Britt requested a continuance because Mahul Anjaria, the DNA expert who had since been hired by Britt's family, needed additional material for his review before he could render an opinion. Britt contemporaneously filed another motion to amend in which he requested a 90-day extension to allow time for Angeria to complete his review such that Britt could include the expert's opinion in his amended petition. At the oral argument, the trial court denied Britt's motions filed January 7 for a continuance and to amend his Rule 37 petition. The trial court pointed out that the oral argument had been set more than a month earlier and that the state would not have sufficient time to respond, citing the 20-day response time under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 37.2F. In denying the motion to amend, the trial court ruled in part that Britt had failed to provide a legitimate justification for filing an enlarged petition. The trial court then stated that it would hear argument on Britt's ineffective assistance of counsel claims. Counsel began by referring to Anjaria's preliminary findings, but was interrupted by the trial court and instructed that only allegations raised in the September 26 amended petition could be argued, given that the other motions to amend had been denied. 
The trial court stated that Britt could proffer Angeria's preliminary notes. The trial court then heard oral argument on each of Britt's claims and ruled from the bench that it was denying relief without an evidentiary hearing. The trial court later entered an order containing written findings of fact and conclusions of law. End of quote. The trial court denied both a continuance motion and request to file an amended petition. The Court of Appeals upheld denial of a continuance but disagreed with the refusal to allow defendants' amended petition. Quote, While we may not have found an abuse of discretion with respect to the denial of Britt's motion for a continuance, we cannot say the same for Britt's motion to file an amended petition. As noted above, the two motions were interdependent. Britt contends that the trial court erred in requiring a legitimate justification for filing an enlarged petition. He points out that he sought to file only an amended petition. We agree that the trial court erred. The trial court's denial of Britt's motion to amend was based on a mischaracterization of his motion, which led to the trial court's application of an incorrect standard and a failure to exercise its discretion. End of quote. The opinion pointed out there is a difference between an enlarged petition, which increases page length, and here where defendants sought to amend his petition. Quote, Arkansas Rule of Criminal Procedure 37.2e does not contain the same prerequisite that a petitioner provide a legitimate ground or justification to amend a petition. Rather, it requires only that a petitioner file the motion for leave to amend before the trial court acts on the original petition. Because we conclude that the trial court erred with respect to Britt's motion to file an amended petition, we reverse and remand for the trial court to exercise its discretion with the understanding that no legitimate ground or justification is required for what was a motion to file an amended, but not enlarged, petition. Britt maintains that the trial court applied the wrong standard in denying his request for an evidentiary hearing. We agree that the trial court effectively placed the burden of showing entitlement to relief on Britt because the trial court, on more than one occasion, stated that Britt had not conclusively shown that he was entitled to relief. Accordingly, we reverse this decision. On remand, the trial court is instructed to determine whether the petition and the files and records of the case conclusively show that Britt is entitled to no relief pursuant to Rule 37.3a. End of quote. The opinion noted by footnote, there is no requirement for the trial court to hold oral argument regarding a post-conviction petition. It should grant an evidentiary hearing, however, unless it is conclusive that defendant is entitled to no relief on his Rule 37 petition. End of decision. In Howe v. State, 2022, ARC App 56, the Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed a revocation order because there was no proof defendant violated probation conditions. Chief Judge Harrison explained. In January 2020, Howe was placed on probation after pleading guilty to two counts of first-degree terroristic threatening and two counts of violating a protection order and pleading guilty to previously violating his probation. In April 2020, the state petitioned to revoke Howe's probation. The state filed an amended petition in May 2020 that alleged fewer new violations but still alleged failure to complete a domestic violence treatment program and failure to pay fines and fees. End of quote. In the sentencing hearing, 
the opinion noted defendant's testimony he could not attend the domestic violence treatment because of several surgeries to his hand, and also there was a delay due to COVID-19. As to fine and fees, he had attempted to prepay. After the trial court found he willfully violated terms and conditions of his probation, defendant appealed. Quote, A circuit court may revoke a defendant's probation at any time prior to the expiration of the period of probation if it finds by a preponderance of the evidence that the defendant has inexcusably failed to comply with the condition of the probation. If the alleged violation involves the failure to pay court-ordered fines and costs, the court may revoke the suspended sentence if it finds the defendant has failed to make a good-faith effort to pay the obligation. The state's burden of proof in a revocation proceeding is less than is required to convict in a criminal trial, and evidence that is insufficient for a conviction may be sufficient for a revocation. The first ground cited by the circuit court is that Howe had failed to make consistent payments on his payment ledger. Howe asserts that the revocation of petition alleged only non-payment and made no mention of consistency and Eglin testified that Howe was current on his Benton County fines and fees. It appears the circuit court's ruling may have been in reference to Howe's payment of a lump sum in April 2020, essentially making five months' worth of payments at one time. But, Howe argues, there was no written requirement that he make payments at a specified interval, and once he was informed that he needed to make payments every month, he agreed to do so going forward. The circuit court based its ruling on Howe's willful failure to make consistent payments, which is different than the non-payment alleged in the revocation petition. The uncontroverted testimony at the hearing was that Howe was current on his fines and fees. Even if the lump sum payment, as opposed to monthly payments, could be construed as non-payment, the evidence would not support a finding that Howe had failed to make a good faith effort to make his payments. End of quote. A second basis for which the court ruled involved a requirement of domestic violence classes. A state witness testified defendant enrolled, dropped the enrollment and said he would enroll later, and had re-enrolled in the treatment and would start soon. The state conceded there was error in blaming him for failing to enroll in the domestic violence treatment. The Court of Appeals opinion added that here there was no requirement that he complete the program by a specific deadline. End of decision.